California GOP is in big trouble for its unofficial ballot drop boxes. Megan Thee Stallion is now Megan the op-ed writer, and she's making it clear she's here to protect Black women. And The Bachelorette premieres tonight. What should we be looking for this season? Well, the Chris Harrison joins us to break it all down. The date, October 13th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, Hayes, it is the one and only treat yourself day from Parks and Rec. (gasps) The best day of the year! I know. I know, it's a good day, so you know what's coming. What are you going to do today to treat yourself? That is a great and terrible question because I don't know if I have anything on deck to treat myself to because I've been kind of sort of treating myself the last like week in terms of things like takeout, (laughs) which is my normal go-to for treating myself. How about you? Do you have anything on deck? You know what? Uh, It's it's just probably going to be sushi. I'm going to want sushi. It's a that's a nice small treat yourself. You know, that's a nice that's a solid treat yourself, especially if you get like an extra couple of rolls or something. What is your go-to, by the way? I'm curious now. You're from California, Uh, Sam. Uh, nigiri or sashimi love that um yeah i'm pretty much just gonna stop it there i love fresh salmon (laughs) (laughs) i love it okay well it is time for today's top stories here is what you need to know california's election officials have ordered the removal of illegal ballot drop boxes in fresno los angeles and orange county here's the backstory california's republican party set up drop boxes over the weekend for voters to drop off their ballots The party said this was simply vote harvesting, which allows volunteers, campaign workers, and organizations to collect completed ballots so they get delivered to a secure voting location, like a county election office. But voters spotted the fake boxes and were like, uh, this seems weird. Can they do that? Spoiler alert, they cannot do that. Unofficial ballot boxes popped up in several counties, and now the DA is investigating. It turns out in at least one of those counties, the Republican Party bought those boxes, but wouldn't say how many or where they put them. The California Secretary of State told CNN the practice of using fake ballot boxes is a violation of state law. It's not just the uh, state Republican Party, but it looks like some of their local committees uh, participating as well. This is wrong no matter who is doing it. It's not just the the security of the ballot that's in question here. Uh, It is, you know, the transparency, voter confidence uh, itself. So, yeah, it's unclear how many of those fake boxes have been placed around the state, but voters can find official ballot drop-off locations on California's early voting website. Moving on to a hitch in the race for a COVID-19 vaccine, Johnson & Johnson paused a 60% thousand patient stage three COVID-19 trial because one study participant came down with an unexplained illness. As of Monday, a data safety monitoring board is reviewing the participant's illness and Johnson Johnson study should be on track again in a few days. But this isn't the first time one of these studies has been derailed. Last month, AstraZeneca's vaccine trials were paused in the U.S. after a volunteer became ill. According to the World Health Organization, there are 42 vaccines in human trials and 151 in development. Four of those are currently in stage three trials for use in the U.S. 
Now, side effects and illnesses are a normal part of the vaccine trial process, and there are guidelines for this exact situation. But these setbacks do show that trying to rush science doesn't always go as planned. CC Dr. Frankenstein. And finally, happy Prime Day, everyone. It's that special time of year where consumers throw caution to the wind and just throw out their hard-earned cash on discount instant pods and Amazon-branded surveillance devices. I mean, Alexa products. Hmm. But before you click add to cart just yet, we'd like to remind you of a few things. First up, the company knowingly engaged in price gouging on essential items like hand soap and hand sanitizer during the peak of the pandemic, according to a report by consumer watchdog group Public Citizen. They've long been accused of fighting warehouse workers' efforts to unionize as well, and on top of that, serious injuries for those warehouse workers reportedly spike in the week after Prime Day, with 400 recorded during that time last year, according to a report from Revealed News. Keeping that in mind, if you've got cash to spend today, maybe you want to consider supporting a local small business. They're probably in more need of it. Most definitely, Hayes. I strongly concur. Okay, I do want to talk about these illegal ballot drop boxes because when they were like, oh, yes, the California's Republican Party won't tell us how many they put out or where they put them. That reminded me of how my dad has banned my mom from hiding hard boiled eggs on Easter around the house because I feel like they forgot how many there were and where they put them. <laughs> That's entirely possible. I, I mean, on the one hand, like, the fact that they are harvesting these ballots and sending them on, that, fine, sure, totally logical thing to do if it were allowed. But yeah, the fact that they don't, won't say like where they are, how many there are, it's like, no, that's weird. That is so weird that you can't like have a like chain of custody of like, okay, so this one here, the ballots in this are going to this office and we will let you know what happened to your ballot if it does not get there. All of it is incredibly sketchy, and I don't mm -hmm. like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Casey, what is going on in the entertainment world? Well, this morning, Megan Thee Stallion dropped a fiery op-ed in the New York Times entitled, Why I Stand Up for Black Women. In it, she addresses the role of Black women in the upcoming election, her SNL tribute to Breonna Taylor, and this summer's shooting incident that left her injured in both feet, for which rapper Tory Lanez has been charged. While she doesn't mention Lanes by name, she does describe the incident in detail, denying that she and her attacker were in a relationship and describing the criticism she received over her decision to initially remain silent, saying, quote, even as a victim, I have been met with skepticism and judgment. The way people have publicly questioned and debated whether I played a role in my own violent assault proves that my fears about discussing what happened were unfortunately warranted. She addresses the heightened mortality rates for Black mothers, the murders of Black trans women, and the efforts of the industry to pit her against other female rappers like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan for doing this. I mean, I got to point out, too, uh, I love this for her, especially because if I'm not mistaken, isn't she still in college? Like, I know that when she first started out on the scene, she was still in college getting her degree, and I'm pretty sure she is still taking classes at least periodically at this point yeah that's amazing and i think what like from this what you can see it's like listen to black women listen to women like when she's telling like she said that she had these fears that this is what would happen and then they happened i feel it's like that situation where someone's like no you should totally speak out about it i'm sure people will respond this way and it's like if you've lived your life as she has like a black woman she knows how black women are treated mm-hmm 
And so it's just, it is very sad that she could predict what was going to happen, but I'm like just extremely proud of her and how she's responding to this. Also, I did just double check. Yeah, she is still taking online courses part-time at Texas Southern University, where she's working towards a bachelor degree in health administration. Oh. She's still keeping that going despite the pandemic, despite everything, despite being one of the biggest entertainers in the world. She is still studying and shout out to her for that. Amazing. All right. When we come back, we're joined by Chris Harrison, the Chris Harrison, to discuss the new season of The Bachelorette. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert, Laura Vanderkam, teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. Welcome back. From proposals to babies to spinoffs to endless women saying, can I steal him for a second? The Bachelor has cemented itself as a reality television juggernaut. But with the deadly virus circulating that can spread via, well, kissing, the very model of a modern TV dating show has had to figure out how to film a brand new season for everyone stuck at home. Today, we're talking about the upcoming season of The Bachelorette with none other than the man, the myth, the legend, the host of the many Bachelor series, Chris Harrison. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to see you virtually. Yes. First of all, can I tell you that it was kind of weird calling you just Chris? I feel like you have to say Chris Harrison. <laughs> yeah, people do that oddly. Even my kids, I make no <laughs> Really? <laughs> but I do find that in, in public, people often use my full name. It's, it's, I always feel like I'm in trouble, like my mom's <laughs> It's <laughs> startling. Okay, so you say it every season, but Claire Crawley's season might actually be the most dramatic yet. Do you think fans are prepared for what we're about to see? Yeah, I'll be damned if I'm not actually telling the truth this time. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, I think collectively at the end of the show, when we show you that super tease, everybody's brains are just going to explode. Mm-hmm. Okay, but real talk, except for this upcoming season, what do you think the most dramatic moment of all time has been? <sighs> I mean, gosh, there's so many from the fence jump to Juan Pablo. <laughs> to, uh, I mean, there's so, I don't know, maybe Jake Pavelka's season as well. That would have to be up there. Probably the ultimate Jason, Molly, Melissa switch. Yes. You can't beat that one. I guess you just, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> We've been talking a lot on our show about the different ways that production crews have had to adapt to the coronavirus. You, Claire Crawley, her suitors, and the crew were round up in Palm Springs for the duration of filming. What was it like having to keep things interesting at just one location instead of the many adventures the cast usually goes on for dates? You know, I thought it would be only restrictive and only negative, but there were some positives to it of creating this fishbowl environment and then never having that release valve of, okay, stop, get on a plane, dark day, uh, you know, and taking a three-day break and then trying to start up again. There was never that break because you didn't have to. Um, and so that really was a positive and maybe something we hold on to and try to implement a little bit more into how we shoot the show. Maybe concentrate less on travel, more on keeping that intimacy. You know, obviously there were some drawbacks to trying to reimagine the same space over and over for dates. Right. <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, it, it really, there were some positives. So at 39 years old, Claire is the franchise's oldest bachelorette and fans are just ready for a level of maturity she's going to bring. In fact, there was a bit of worry that some of the original guys that were picked for her were too young, but the pandemic actually gave you a chance to recast. Do you think that worked out in your favor or do you guys miss any of the guys from the original lineup? Yeah, you hate to say that, again, a little silver lining to all this was that we had six months extra to just think about Claire. Normally, you know, you're, you're coming off The Bachelor, which we did, and you got to get ready for The Bachelorette, and then you name The Bachelorette, and you've already had to start casting. You can only do so much last minute, and we try to adjust. Then when we hit the pause button, we realized, okay, we have some time. Back to the drawing board. Let's really find guys that know it's Claire, that want it to be Claire, that are only coming for Claire. So that really was an advantage for her and for us. The Bachelor franchise is one of the most gossiped about shows around, which I'm sure works both to your benefit and to your disadvantage. How do you choose which rumors to address and which to ignore? Uh, I typically, it's not that I ignore them. I just kind of choose not to usually address them. You know, sometimes I <laughs> so will. So you see them though. <laughs> well, sometimes I have a little fun and I'll, I'll go fishing a little bit and do a little trolling on my own just because <laughs> I have a sick sense of humor. Uh, like when I left to take my son to college and people were saying that, you know, I had just run away and I was being held, uh, you know, being told I couldn't come back to work. So yeah, you know, sometimes I have a little fun with everybody. Um, but for the most part, I just love that it is the most socially relevant show in TV, maybe in TV history. I, I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head any show that people have talked about more, that people have to watch in groups and talk about. And if you don't see it live like a sporting event, you're behind. Is there a rumor that you can think of over the years, though, where you had this internal debate amongst yourself? OK, do we address this and wound up having to like actually come out and say something? Yes. Uh, Jake Pavelka, um, he had a breakup. We were doing an interview with Jake in Vienna. And the idea of the interview was just kind of have this kind of come to Jesus moment of, you know, both being culpable for this moment and going their separate ways. And it got combustible. It didn't end well, but it never got violent and it never came close to that. But somehow a rumor got started that it came close to that, that he clenched a fist or did something that was aggressive. And that did not happen. And we weren't even going to show that part of the interview because we thought this doesn't help either one of them. But because of that rumor, we ended up having to show that because we thought if we don't, people are always going to wonder, did that really happen? What are you guys hiding? So that was one of those moments that, yeah, the rumor did kind of force our hand a little bit. 
Jumping ahead to the next season of The Bachelor, we already know that Matt James, who was originally supposed to be on Claire's season, is set to be the franchise's first Black Bachelor. Do you think you missed out on new fans by waiting so long to have a Black Bachelor? Gosh, you know, I don't know. Honestly, I've, I didn't think of it in that regard. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I guess the only way to tell would be to go back in history and do it over. I don't know. I'm just glad that we are finally taking these strides and, and you know, making it right, doing the best we can. Um, I think the first step was realizing there was an issue. Step two, how do you make it better? And I think you saw that with Pete's season. You're about to see it in Claire's season. Um, what you're not going to see is behind the scenes, better hiring practices with our crew, promotions with our producers. Uh, and you'll definitely see it not only just with Matt James, but also with his season as well. So this summer, The Bachelor aired two-hour specials, clipped from some of the best seasons of the show, and you filmed your part of it from your home with your son working the camera in that very room. What was it like working with your son, and uh, is he gunning for your spot? <laughs> <laughs> he better not be. Um, that's why I shipped him off to college. You know, again, one of the uh, crazy things, if there's a silver lining to all this, it's that my son's last summer at home we spent together, uh, you know, some of it locked up, but we got to work together, you know, instead of a summer job, he worked for me this summer and we shot and created an entire television show for the network. And, and that's an experience I never dreamed I would have. Why would I? So working with him and, and having him do his fair share, it was really cool. It was a real, real benefit to me as a dad to have those moments before he went to college. Also, real quick, there's been a lot of Bachelor Nation babies. Uh, a bunch popped up via Zoom during the recaps this summer. Do you feel like you're somehow the grandfather of all of these children that are being born? I'd like to say a cool uncle. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I have enough gray hair uh, to be the, uh, the the fairy godfather of all this. Um, and I do. You know, honestly, I am I am a proud pop to all these people from Trista and Ryan and their babies that are now teenagers to, you know, Ari and, you know, and, and Leslie Murphy even just announced a couple of days ago that she's pregnant. I know she didn't get married through our show, but she's just someone I love and is near and dear to my heart. So I, I don't take credit for it, but I, I do have a, a lot of love in my heart for this big family that I've, I've helped grow. Mm. So you mentioned how Bachelor viewing groups usually get together, but that's not an option for most people because of the pandemic. My group is literally trying to figure out right now how to stream it together and Zoom so we can recreate the experience. Have you heard about how other viewers are trying to figure this out? Uh, you know, I think there's gonna be a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of Zooming. It is one of those things that definitely draws people together. And whether we can watch it together or maybe we get together afterwards and we all chat I, I always love hearing those stories of moms or daughters. I never talk to her except the bachelorette has brought us together. We always talk about the bachelor on Tuesdays and even dads who understand that their daughters love this so they can connect through this. I've even connected more with my daughter because of the bachelorette and we watch it together and can discuss things that may be a little taboo for a single dad and a daughter to discuss. And, and so, yeah, I love the fact that it's a silly show. I get it, but it does open some doors in that way. And I, I like that. Mm. And finally, Chris Harrison, this might be the most important question of the day. Why are you moving to Tuesday nights? I mean, am I just supposed to call it Bachelor Tuesdays instead of Bachelor Mondays? That's a really big change for me and my Bachelor group right now. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. Uh, so my mom, God bless her, lives in Dallas. Um, we started on Wednesday nights. 
And she started having bachelor parties. She was so stuck in her ways that even when we moved to Monday, she kept the parties on Wednesdays. So now I'm really blowing her mind. I know this is a big change for Bachelor Nation, but because of the, the change of, of time of season and Monday night football and Dancing with the Stars, um, ABC was nice enough to slot us in. We got Tuesdays, but then the election is on Tuesday night, so then we're going to move to Wednesdays. Just hold on, Bachelor Nation. Just find us. Just get through this one season. Listen, we'll be there. We will be there. <laughs> it's going to be worth it. Trust me. <laughs> Chris Harrison, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. Okay, it's time for one more thing. And let's just get this out of the way. Reboots, they're a thing. And we just all got to be on board with them at this point. Everything is fair game. We've had, what? three Spider-Men in the last 13 years, not counting into the Spider-Verse, clearly. And let's be honest, if Bill Murray gave the new Ghostbusters his blessing, nobody should be upset about a reboot, least of all the cast of Charmed. And uh, if you didn't know, ever since it was announced that there was going to be a Charmed reboot with a Latina cast a few years back, a feud between the original cast and the new cast has been brewing. And thanks to a viral TikTok video of Rose McGowan and Holly Marie Combs trashing the new iteration of the show, a member of the new cast has finally said enough is enough. The TikTok opens with Combs and McGowan sitting on a couch together, with Combs questioning why the original version of the show has been removed from Netflix. It means when you search for it, they want you to find the new Charmed and not... But it sucks. I haven't seen it. I can't say that. I've never seen it. I didn't hear what you said. I said it sucks. (laughs) But I'm happy that people have jobs. (laughs) But it can still suck. Sarah Jeffrey, who plays Maggie Vera in the reboot, slammed the trash talk as, quote, sad and quite frankly pathetic in a tweet thread. She added, quote, I truly hope they find happiness elsewhere and not in the form of putting down other women of color. I would be embarrassed to behave this way. As a reminder, the original cast had three white stars, Combs, Alyssa Milano, and Shannon Doherty, who was later swapped out for McGowan, while the new show stars three women of color. This back and forth has been going on since the reboot was announced. Uh, Members of the original cast took particular issue with the new version being marketed as, quote, fierce, funny, feminist, because they believed the original version was all of those things as well. Not to use a very gender-loaded term, but holy cow, that was catty of them to say that about the new show. It really is. You know what? I watched the original Charmed, and I watched the new one. Um, I think there's room for both, especially when the new one has a diverse cast. I I, st- I remember watching like the pilot of Charmed when I was a kid, being very excited by these three witches with their superpowers. And I get why you want to cling to something that you are a part of, but... I love that there's like a slight conspiratorial tone. Like they took down the old charm so that you have to watch the new one. I'm not, I don't think that's how streaming deals work. I just, it's probably just moved over to like somewhere else. Like, I don't know. It could be on Peacock. It could be on HBO Max at this point. Netflix could just not have the rights to stream it anymore. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, To bring it back to Megan Thee Stallion talking about, um, people in the industry pitting female rappers against each other. I mean, this is the same. It's just pitting women against each other. And it'd be nice to see them supporting each other. 
Uh, it really would be. I I gotta say, I have not watched any of the new version of Charm, but now I kind of feel like I should just out of solidarity, like uh, as a strong like rebuke to yes, this exactly. trash talk. Do you know what actually is the biggest surprise out of all of this is that Shannon Doherty wasn't a part of any of the trash talk. <laughs> She's actually on the opposite end of it. In a tweet, she said, I'm intrigued by the idea that a new generation might be comforted, inspired like all you were. Charmed helped us all in some way. I'm like, yes, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon's learned some lessons over the years. Shannon Dory's like, you know what? I've been through some shit. I have seen some shit. I have said some shit and I am done. And I shout out to her. Salute Shannon Doherty for that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a discussion about why people have so many feelings on Emily in Paris. And remember, if you must celebrate Prime Day, do it for the prime that died for our sins. Optimus Prime. Oh, boy. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock Originals Bel Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And, and break us off with some bread cause we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.